Hello, everybody. Uh, if you could uh, come and take your seats, that would be choice. Thank you very much. Uh, lovely to see you all. Uh, for those of you who don't know me or haven't met me, my name is Luca. Uh, I, uh, I come to this church. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here. Um, uh, Lonnie Frisbee, who is the, the hippie on the screen, who called out, yes, for my sins. Uh, I think uh, a few years after that meeting, uh, he was uh, leading a meeting on Mother's Day, which is next week for us. And he got up and he said this. He said, he, he just invited the Holy Spirit. So uh, I'm, I'm going to do that before I kick off. Holy Spirit, come. We welcome you. We are listening for you and listening for what you have to say. Amen. Here he is. Sometimes uh, the Holy Spirit comes. It's, it's an experience, which is what, uh, if you saw Jesus' Revolution, that movie was all about people experiencing the Holy Spirit. Uh, so he... <laughs> Sometimes people cry. Some people shake involuntarily. Um, I remember uh, uh, one of our friends was praying for this atheist and this atheist was shaking and she was just leaning back and she said, you know, I don't believe in any of this, right? Still, and she was having this experience of the Holy Spirit and uh, may, may he, he touch you like that today and, and speak to your heart most of all. Um, all right. So uh, uh, we've, been, we've been doing a series on, on the power of words and... Uh, David's uh, done two of them. The first one was on the words that we say to ourselves, uh, the good and the bad. And the second uh, that David shared about was the words we say to other people. Uh, so this morning I'm going to be sharing on this, which is words, uh, God's word uh, will change our world. And so uh, if we frame our world uh, with the words of God, uh, it changes things. Hey, right now, just uh, as a, as a warm-up, just uh, share with somebody next to you uh, something, a word, something that somebody has said to you um, uh, recently uh, that has really touched you and blessed you and encouraged you. So something, something like that. Just share with the person next to you. Cool ass. Uh, and if you, if you need people to speak over you uh, or say something positive to you, there are lots of people who can do that here. <laughs> so uh, let's kick off. Uh, this, is, this is one of the verses that we're, we're coming back to. and says this. It's from Hebrews, and it's that big chapter in the, in the uh, letter to the Hebrews uh, about faith. And it says, By faith we understand that the worlds, as in the worlds that were created all, all over the place, were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made of things visible. The things which we see are not made of things visible. If you speak to any astrophysicist, they will tell you about the, the, the weak uh, gravitational force and the neutral force and a whole lot of things that I don't understand that underpin uh, the universe uh, and that are finely tuned so that life and the universe can be possible. But this is saying that God's word is the underpinning, and it's the thing that frames uh, the making of the world. Well, there's uh, four meanings for frames. One is uh, the strength of a building. So if you think of a house, you know, there's a slab, and there's, or, or not a slab, it might be a pole house, and there's 
this frame that goes underneath it. It might be the border of a picture uh, that goes around the outside uh, that holds that picture up. Uh, or the human body, you know, if you read uh, old psalms, uh, old hymns, or, or uh, if you read the King James Version, rock and roll, um, the, the human body is referred to as, as a frame. He saw our frame before we were made, before we were made. Well, last, you know, we've been framed, you know, somebody's been made to look guilty and set up. And so the, the question before us this morning is, well, what if God, is it going to be there? No, not yet. What if God, um, what if we took the word of God and we use that to frame our world? Yeah. I've got to say, this is a collab. Is, is that how young people say it? This is a collab between uh, myself and David. So he gave me a, a very rough outline and he said, go for it. So uh, that was his line. Um, so, uh, yeah, what if we took the Word of God and we used it to frame our world? Uh, how would things be different? Uh, this is something written by somebody very intelligent. Uh, once I read the word that, that a word is like a living organism, capable of growing and changing and spreading and influencing the world directly and indirectly in many ways. I never thought about a word being alive. But then I thought of a word spoken 3,000 years ago, written down and passed through many generations, and I assume they're talking about the Bible, uh, and they seem quite alive when read or spoken today, having lived 3,000 years. As I ponder the power of the word to incite and to divide, to calm people and to connect people, or to create and affect change, I am never, I am ever more cautious about what I say and how I listen to the words around me. That's by Susan Smalley, who's a PhD and a Professor Emeritus at the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioural Sciences at UCLA. And uh, if you've been a parent or if you've read any parent manuals, you know that sticks and bones will break my bones and names will never hurt me is not true at all. <laughs> I know that I build or break my son and daughter through the words that I say to them. And, you know, this is where this is coming from. So words, uh, let's have a look. If we, if we took this word, the word of God, and we used it to frame our world. So, and, and I'll acknowledge the three sort of different forms of world. There's most spoken, uh, a rima word. You know, you might hear something from, from somebody with a gift of prophecy, and they'll say, hey, look, I'm not too sure if this is God, but just sort of weigh it up, and you take it away. I've had words of prophecy spoken over me uh, that have really... I've used to frame my world and it's been really great. There's, there's the Bible, my goodness. Uh, reading and interacting with that and meditating on it and praying it. That is something that definitely we use to frame our world. Uh, there's, the, there's the person of Jesus Christ who is called the Word of God. You might remember those Greeks. Ooh, those Greeks. When they translated the word into, into, the, into Greek, they were looking, what, is, what, what can we use? That means just sort of the quintessence of... of of, of an idea or of a thing. And the Greeks said, well, the, the word is word, logos. So that's why Jesus gets the word, the word of God. So those three things are what I'm talking about framing our world through. The first thing that's going to happen if we, if we um, use the word of God to frame our world is that we're going to see things differently. Some people, uh, and even Christians, they look at the world around them and, hey, 
things are not in really good shape. You know, there is unrest in our world and even our local community. Uh, there is unrest in the world stage. Uh, there are, are politicians who are driving us to, to uncertain futures in different places. And you might even end up saying to yourself, and some of these people say to yourself, well, you know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. <sighs> you know, we're, we're stuffed. You know, we're stuffed. And they might have that attitude. And for me, what they've done is they've taken the world's circumstances and they've used that to frame the Word of God and how they read the Word of God. Well, let's flip that because how can we do that differently? So if we, let's start with the Word of God because Jesus says this in his Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world. That's you and me. And when I look here, I see lights. I see people who are lights in the world. Amazing that Jesus takes that same title that he's used on himself. I am the light of the world. And he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Our friends, our brothers and sisters, I've got to say, we are, we are lights in our world. And the people around us might not see it, they might not acknowledge it, but you are a light in the world. Be that light. So we see things differently if we allow the Word of God to frame our world. We prosper in our way. This is from Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do all that is written in it. So spend some time, Joshua, reading and looking at this word, talking about it, thinking about it, talking about it with me. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. There's a promise. Can I just say, this is not written to somebody who's 15 and just a about to kick into their high school career or somebody who's 20 or somebody who's 40 and it's written to somebody who's 80 and I'm looking at you ladies. <laughs> this, is, this is written to somebody who is, but it's what they're about to do that's important. It's the start of Joshua. The people have been led out of the promised land. They've been wandering around in the desert for 40 years and they are just about to walk into the promised land. Let out of Egypt, walk in the desert. This is what he says to him. He doesn't give Joshua, the man who is going to lead them, a personal trainer. This guy's going to sort you out. He's going to get you fit and in shape. He doesn't do that. Yeah. He, he doesn't say, oh, look, this is here, Joshua. I give you this magic stone that is going to make your sword sharp. He gives him a different sort of blade. Yeah. He gives him the word of God. You and I have a lot more than Joshua had. He only had like... Genesis and Exodus. And I think he had four, four books. Okay. We have so much more. So we prosper in our way. And that's not just about financial prosperance. I, I'm aware that I'm speaking in a Pentecostal church today. Um, and it, it's true that God wants us to prosper in every single way. This is, this is for life, people. This is, he wants us to get in there and prosper in our life, in our marriage, in our relationships, in our families. In adversity, in difficulty, God wants us to prosper. The righteous man or the righteous person may have many troubles, 
but he is sustained. Uh, you know, uh, his prayer availeth much, uh, and he's he, God is with him through it all. Uh, next, we have an anchor of hope for our soul. This is from Hebrews. The hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. So we are, we are um, if, we, if we use the word of God to frame us, it means that we have an anchor in, in difficult times and hard times. This is uh, not written to people who are having a hard time at work. It's, it's not written to people who, although they might be, this is written to people who have just had to give up their homes, have had their properties confiscated off them uh, by, by uh, a very anti-Christian um, government uh, and local government. These people are really hard up against the wall, but their hope is in the words of God. Their hope is in that God is always with you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. And may we know him in our hard times as much as our good times. An anchor is only as secure as the thing it's fastened to. So I I work uh, on on Lake Tinaru and we've got this thing called a drogue, which is a sea anchor. So if there's a line of canoes and I kind of need to go and rescue somebody else whose canoe is capsized, I will link all the canoes together and I'll throw in a drogue or a sea anchor. It is anchored to the sea. Doesn't sound very good, does it? But what it does is it kind of holds those boats together and it allows them to stay slowly. What I prefer is an anchor that is thrown on land and that is hooked in, hooked in tight. Brothers and sisters, we are hooked in tight to the word of God when we trust in him and we allow him to frame our world. Uh, so, uh, yeah, an anchor. We, we have something very firm, the, the rock that is God to frame our world. Uh, how do we do this? How do we frame, um, frame our world with God's world? Well, one of the things is we set our minds on eternal things. This comes from the Colossians. The cool thing about um, Paul's letters is kind of towards the end, he just starts to sort of, these are all the good ideas that I didn't get to. And he just gives you these little sound bites of ideas. May your conversation be seasoned with salt. You know, um, May you bear with one another. He does all this really cool stuff. And this is from one of those passages. He says, set your mind on eternal things, on things above and not on earthly things. Um, I, when I was doing teacher training, I also got to do some art. Uh, I got to do one um, three-month, no, one six-month subject on art. It was really great. My art teacher always said, look, if you, wanna, if you really want to draw something and make it as close to that thing as possible, you've got to look at the thing that you're drawing instead of the thing that you're, where you're painting or where you're drawing or where you're sculpting. Whatever arting you're doing, you're looking at the thing that you're drawing more than this. You're looking at the thing that you're drawing more than this. We are, friends, we are the piece of art that you and God are working on, okay? And we are looking at our Heavenly Father. We are looking at the eternal things. So much more than us or than the, the, the circumstances around us. It's that, it's that reverse again. We look to Him and then we look at our circumstances and situations through that. 
set your mind on eternal things. Um, yeah, uh, and the more uh, we invite him uh, into what we're doing, the more we invite him into our days. I know uh, there's quite a few people who have woke up and they said, "Good morning, Holy Spirit. I welcome you into my day." I teach that to my kids. We we say when we pray for grace in the morning as they're sneaking their cereal, we pray, "Oh, Heavenly Father God, we invite you into our day. Uh, we invite him into your decisions and into your conversations." Uh, uh, the more we do that, uh, the more he can have influence and, and he can, he can uh, do stuff in our lives and we give him permission to do that. Uh, we speak differently. Uh, and this is one of these wonderful things uh, that happens as we interact uh, with God, as we invite him in, as we allow him to frame our world, uh, we speak differently. And it's kind of kind of the first thing, the last thing to change. The mouth of a good person, Proverbs says, is a deep, life-giving well. But the mouth of the wicked is a cave of abuse. Um, Proverbs is, is a great book to read. It's just full of punchy wisdom. I've, of late, I've, I've been going through, uh, I think, half a chapter and just praying through it when I get, when I get to Proverbs uh, and praying it over my family and praying it over my wife and myself. Um, but yeah, the, who wouldn't want our mouth to be a life-giving well? The words that come out of your mouth, lights of the world, to be a life-giving well. Sounds quite wonderful. But that's, that's what we become uh, as we press into God. Uh, here's, here's an example uh, that, that's good to use. This is from Saul to Paul. So in Acts chapter 9, it says this, but still, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciple of the Lord. That's, how we, that's kind of the second time we see Saul. Uh, that's what he's doing. He's a young man, so he's probably full of rage and anger. Probably listening to too much nine-inch nails. Uh, so there he is. That, that's the sort of guy he is. And he is going to Damascus to drag the followers of the way out and have them commissioned. Murderous threats, I can't imagine what that would be. I want them stoned. I want their family stoned. I just get this whole Robert De Niro vibe when I read those verses. But he, he was an angry guy. Um, this was very, very serious. This, he was the religious authority, and that was his plan. One road to Damascus. One blinding light. Knocks him off his horse. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. Three days and nights of not eating, not drinking, not even sleeping. One baptism. Into what he was about to persecute. This is the story of Paul. Days of preaching in Damascus until his life is threatened. And then we don't see Paul, we don't see Saul for seven to ten years. When he comes back, he's a little bit changed. So much so that uh, the believers in Iconium, I think it is, say, the Holy Spirit says through them, set apart for me Saul and Barnabas, because I have things for them to do. Can you, can, so hold that and think of those Robert De Niro words from 
from Saul. And have a look at this. Same guy. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. How many stonings and shipwrecks did he have to endure to get these orders? It wasn't about the stoning and shipwrecks. It was about going through with it, with God. He does not, love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things. Now, I don't know if the first words of Paul, I don't know what they were, but I'll bet you now, uh, nobody was going to be picking them to be read out at their wedding. But these ones... My sister, who doesn't know Jesus, she said, oh, can we have a Bible verse? So I gave her a translation of this, and she said, it's beautiful. And we know, we know that this is lived experience from Saul to Paul. Uh, this, is, this is our story. This is our story. So... Uh, Let's, uh, let's just have a recap. Um, so we, we, we started with the idea and the question, when we let, what would it be like for us to let the Word of God frame our words? Oh, sorry, the Word of God frame our world. Uh, what would it be like to invite God to be our strength and the frame within us? Uh, we would see things differently. Uh, we, would, we would see the circumstances around us and the people around us, not as adversaries and angry, but as people who are, who are controlled by something else and as sheep without a shepherd and as lost sheep that we have to find. Uh, we, would, we would see things differently. We would prosper in our way. When we invite God in, uh, we, we, we move forward in Him. And even in difficult circumstances, we prosper. Uh, we would have an anchor for our soul uh, even in difficult times. How do we do it? We set our mind on eternal things and uh, we, uh, the, the product of all of this is that we start to speak differently. Look, I, 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 when I, people who preach, and you've probably done it before, or people who share a word, it, it it looks at you and it points at you as much. And so when I was reading this, I was, and when I was preparing for this, I was like, man, I, I really need the help of God. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you guys too as well. Hey, look, we're just going to stand up and we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us and, and to lead us. Just, just for a little moment. We're just going to wait on Him. There's going to be this funny, awkward silence maybe. Uh, there's a, we're just going to wait in, in silence, just maybe for a couple of minutes. Uh, and we're just, we're just going to wait and uh, we're going to listen uh, and, then, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, Holy Spirit, thank you, uh, the very image of God. Thank you that you take from the Father and the Son and you speak to us. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you. We invite you.
just have your hands out, just receiving from him. Just more of you, Father. We come to you for empowering. Come to you for direction. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray for you and pray for me. Father God, we 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 see what you say to us in your word. We hear what you say to us. We see the circumstances and the pain around us. And we know that you want us to be your lights in the world. We give you our way of thinking and our way of framing. And so we take your way of framing as well. Come and have your way in us. Move in us and through us. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have a seat. Uh, waiting on, on the Holy Spirit can be, a friend of mine describes it as a really awkward silence. But thank you for doing that. Uh, and thank you for entering in. Hey, look, I'm, I'm just going to close the meeting. And I will, ladies, sorry, gentlemen, and, and very late ladies, um, a song, if you would. Cool eyes. Uh, um, so, kids' church. Um, after the song, you can you can go out and get them. Uh, I'm going to have to come out and get mine. If you need prayer, if this touched you, or if you're going through a difficult time, and if you need to know the anchor of God, uh, ask the person next to you to pray for you, or you can come and, and ask. I, I can pray for you as well, and there's lots of other people as well who can pray for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Uh, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you.